time to be before your throne in majesty. We give you endless glory. We come with hearts yielded knowing that heaven is open over us and we are before the throne of majesty. And we thank you because right now we receive your word that comes straight from you and we Thank you, God, because our hearts are ready to receive. We thank you, Lord, because we are being transformed. We thank you, Lord, because you are fulfilled. Your desire in us is fulfilled as we present our hearts to you tonight. Be glorified in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Yes. Okay, so TPT starting in um, chapter 4, verse 5. Yes. Go from 5 to 10, please. Okay. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sippar, near the village that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. She replied, why would a Jewish man ask me? a Samaritan woman for a drink of water. But Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink. And I would give you living water. Amen. Look at that. <laughs> okay, so what intrigued me was that Jesus was actually tired and... <laughs> Like, what would make Jesus tired? But I guess he's human, so he was tired. And then he sends his disciples to go get food. And I'm like, why do they all have to go get food? <laughs> why? So, you see, Jesus was, pre he knew what was going to happen, and he was preparing a personal time. Exactly. Yes. So he wanted this personal time with this woman and he didn't want to be interrupted. When it says that he's weary there, you're like, okay, he must be really tired and hungry. When you read later on, you find out that when food was actually brought to Jesus, he was like, he has food to eat that they don't know of. If you read through that scripture, you would be like, okay, so when you were so weary, and you ask them to go buy food, you should have told them to go eat food, right? <laughs> if you have your own food that you eat that nobody knows of, then tell them to go eat food. But you made them to go buy food and brought it back. All that to say was that he made a special moment for this woman. And the emphasis I want to present to us is even though it may seem, or even though it is as it is that Jesus isn't physically here on the earth. 
He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And our spirit beings, we are seated at his right hand as well. But the importance of Jesus Christ wanting to have that one-on-one time with you is something I want us to hold on to, that he will make that time for you. I mean, this is the Jesus that everybody was trooping towards. And if you read scriptures before this, he had already fed the 5,000 with the miraculous bread and the fish. So you know that people were after him and for him to prepare this moment to be with this woman. I want you to know that even before you prepare that moment to spend with the Lord, he is already waiting to have that moment with you. So as we go through the scripture, I want you to see it as Jesus setting everything aside and sending everyone away, waiting in expectation for you to come to him. Just waiting for you to come to him. Amen. And there was Jesus. Yeah. And there was Jesus sitting there. And of course, here she comes, a Samaritan woman coming right along. (laughs) So she comes, and then he starts this conversation with her. And I love how he's like, give me a drink. He knew there was going to be controversy because of the issue. Yeah. They, ooh, look at that. Okay. Leticia. <laughs> you go, girl. I see you. <laughs> I do my homework. Yes. So proud of you. You are awesome. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this were people that were supposed to be enemies. Who are enemies of today? Who is your enemy for today? As a Christian, you might say you don't have an enemy. Of course, you shouldn't have an enemy. But according to the traditions in that day or according to the culture in that day, as it's no different from our day, there's always this separation. Oh, she's of that group and I'm not this group. So I don't think I should, I mean, the right place to confront her. Jesus Christ knew that that was the exact person he was going to meet with. And then she comes and this conversation starts off. And Jesus is like, if only you knew the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. If only you knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. What is this living water? What is this living water that was so important that Jesus Christ had to wait at the well to meet this woman to talk about this living water? Next verse, Valerie. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Whoa. Okay. So, this woman is talking about the physical water. Mm. When we begin to think about the physical things, we begin to compare things physically. We're not spiritually inclined, so we are thinking physically. But the living water that Jesus Christ is talking about cannot be contained. This water cannot be contained in a bucket. And this water is not so deep that you can't get in and grab it. The Holy Spirit is deep. The Holy Spirit is wide. The Holy Spirit is this living water that Jesus Christ was speaking about. He was talking about the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling within us and causing us to have this overflow. 
this outpour, this rushing, satisfying water that we could not get from any earthly source. So at this junction, I want to pause and I want somebody else to open 2 Samuel 23 from verse 15 to 16. Please, whoever can open that right now. That would be awesome. So the Holy Spirit is this living water that Jesus Christ was ready to pour out. And that happened on Pentecost. On Sunday, we just celebrated Pentecost. And this was what Jesus Christ came because he had to come and do what he was supposed to do to make a way for us to receive the Holy Spirit. If you've been following the teachings I've been sending you on podcasts, you see a continuous progression because Jesus Christ was talking about the relevance of him living so that the Holy Spirit could come. And so he had to come first and make a way for the Holy Spirit to come because while he was still on earth, the people of God, which were the disciples in that day, they couldn't comprehend what Jesus Christ was saying. How do you walk with Jesus? How do you attain that relationship with Jesus when you can't even understand what he's saying? So Jesus Christ knew that he was paramount for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit will come. And now he was speaking about that Holy Spirit and what he's able to do in our lives. I like when scripture interprets scripture. You know, the word of God, the Old Testament, New Testament, all of them, through revelation, you can see how they all merge to speak one language. Mm-hmm. So Valerie, I want you to read it for us, please. Okay, 2 Samuel 23, 15 through 16. Yes, please. David longingly to his men, oh, how it would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to put this analogy between the two right now. And I want us to see David being connected so much to the water he drank as a little boy from a well. And then connect that with this woman at the well. I want you to think sustenance. As a little boy, David was growing up and the water from that well sustained him. And he was used to it. He was familiar with it. And now Jesus Christ was talking about an overflow of living water to a Samaritan woman many, many decades of years afterwards. And this woman kept talking about a sustenance from a natural well. And David was so accustomed and so in love with the particular water from his childhood that he was prepared to risk anything to have it. The connection to Something that sustained him since he was a little boy. And all of this were measurable. The man went and brought that water to him in a cup or whether it was a leather bottle they used then. Whatever, it was measurable. In the same way that this woman 
at the well was talking about a bucket to use and draw water, measurable quantities. The sustenance you get from anything on the earth is measured. So keep that in focus. You rely on sustenance that is measured and is of the earth. It is limited. But then you come to a place with David where he realized he should not live by the earthly satisfaction, that he should not allow his heart to be consumed with that sustenance from his childhood, that the greatest honor and the greatest worship and the greatest desire that he should have should be for God and that everything else should be given to God. And so David pours it out unto the Lord. David pours it out unto the Lord. I want to ask you a question. Was David preparing us for a day where God becomes the focal point of our desire? Sounds like it. Yes. Was David preparing us for a time when Jesus Christ will actually tell a woman, a Samaritan woman, and it excites me when it's a woman, that he's telling this <laughs> profound spiritual truths. It is very prophetic to me what God is doing through women. Taking us into the supernatural. Revealing to us the secrets of the Father's heart. The passions of his heart. Telling us the secret mysteries that he hadn't told his disciples. You will see as we keep going through that chapter that he told her a mystery that according to the records, were never repeated to any of the disciples. It was a mystery that was powerful, that was for and is for our day, that if only we can hold on to it and say, Spirit of the living God, fill me with this living water. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts, and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you, go for it, go grab your copy, please grab your copy, tell me about it, tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life, tell me what the Lord is doing.
doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gifts of the Spirit.